hopefully for Greg Norman. Yes, well done. He's done it at last. Greg Norman, 69. And great stuff. The champion for 1986. And now the third part of the three-part Brad Ogle series. We hope you've enjoyed the first two. Enjoy the last, and we'll see you back here real soon. Newton told me a story where their um, Jack arrives in Europe. The Vaughn must have been there before him, takes him under his wing, picks him up at the airport, and I don't know anything about the Vaughn, so Jack tells me he's a fiery ant. So they're, yeah, yeah. they're driving along, and and Jack's just trying to settle in. He's just got there, and the Vaughn's out the window, giving some guy the bird for for you know, cutting him off in the traffic, whatever. <laughs> anyway, the Vons is fighting with people and Jack's going, right, I just arrived and the Von, he wants to punch on with someone in the traffic. But I love these stories of Aussies. I, you know, I'm a golf fanatic, but Aussies that take other Aussies under their wings. So we've talked about Nagel, the Von, Peter Thompson, it doesn't matter who it is, they take the Jack Newton's under the wing, the Bob Shear is the Ian Stanley. Yeah. And then those blokes take blokes called Ogle and Parry and Baker Finch. And then those blokes take kids called, and it goes on and on, you know, John Senden or. Well, two, two quick stories too. The Vaughn would watch me hit balls on the range. And, uh, and I always thought, well, he's not blind, not completely blind. He could see, but he couldn't see far he's, in the end. But, um, he watched me hit balls, and he and and he go, I can't see it go, Brett, but I can hear it. And I go, yeah, that's right, Vaughn, you know, um, it's great. And he's just standing there, and he go, that's gone a little right, hasn't it? Yeah. That one's gone a little left, hasn't it? Yeah. That was a beauty. Yeah. He would stand there for twenty minutes, and watch me hear hit balls. the he, shot. He probably did. He hear it, and he'd call it, and I'd go. And I didn't ever say to him, you're, you're not blind, you know, like he was such a lovely little man, but he was a fiery little bloke. But anyway, he'd stand there and he'd hear it. He'd hear it and he'd stand side on to me. He wasn't standing behind because he couldn't right. see the ball. Right, So right. He'd, stand, he'd be standing side on and, and he'd just listen to the hit, the hit. Yeah. But the story about Bob Shearer. Now, here's another, you know, another guy. Um, I used to use set of golf clubs. I used Cobra for a long period of my, my career. And I never changed them. I didn't take the money in. Although I did use Jack Newton irons when he when he started up his Jack Newton company back in the yeah. back in the uh, would have been about nineteen eighty eight. Jack Newton Group signed me up. I used the Jack Newton irons and clubs, and I had the Jack Newton clothing on <laughs> back in the day. But most of my career was about Cobra, and I used Cobra mild steels. And anyway, I I used one set, and I only had one set. And I wore these out severely, and I'm playing with Bob Shearer and and that. And um, I said to Bob one day, I go, oh, he goes, Miles Steels, yeah, I, I got some of these in my garage. I said, I can't get hold of them, Bob. Can I buy a set of yours? And he goes, No, nah, come come around, Dingley, come on, give you a set. And he'll go in his garage, and he's got them on the wall, you know, beautifully lined up, and oh, yeah, yeah. his garage magnificent. Anyway, there you go. There's a set of Miles Steel Cobras for you. And I thought, because mild steel cobras were pretty, they were pretty hard to get. And I fell in love with them. They were very soft. But I broke a five iron and snapped it at the socket. I was trying to move it to, to loft and light because they soft metal moved. Anyway, I snapped it. Well, I got somebody to weld it. Anyway, I used, 
in my career, and I won I won uh, a pebble with it with a five iron that had a welded. You kidding? Because you loved I'm it that serious. much. I, I couldn't. What else could I put in there? I, what else could I put in there? I, I couldn't. I didn't see any other. I had no other set. I only had one. That one set to cheer. I wore the other ones out. Well, now they'd you send know, you years to. Gone by. Now they'd ring Japan, some club maker, and say, "Oh, Brett likes this type of car, uh, uh, mild steel, and he he likes this shape of head." And they'd go and make you with five sets and all that, mate. Back in the well, day. The thing is, though, too, that uh, in the end, um, when I won Hawaii, they they made you – and they make you play, the obviously, the product that's coming out onto the market for the public to buy. Well, in the day, I never took any money. I took money for bag and hat, and that was it. I didn't take any money for the clubs because I didn't want to change my Cobra Miles steels. I just played with them. My son was so, only – my son's one of my sons is 20, and he's just getting into his golf, and he was um, – Cameron, he was saying to me, yes, only yesterday, that Brooks Kepka when he had his best year. I'm like, how's Cameron telling me golf stories? Man, I'm the golf pro. You've only been playing for three months. And he's telling me that Brooks Kepka, Dad, had his best year when he won three majors or whatever it was, three majors out of whatever, when he dictated, No, no, I'm not I'm not doing that. Nike's over now. So yes, bag, hat, glove, don't care, it's all good. But I dictate, yeah. I use this driver because I like it. I use these Mizuno irons because I like them. I use, so, and that's when he had his best year. So it's interesting, isn't it? You know, guys going, uh, you're, you're a professional golfer. It's so important to you to be your best that you would go and use equipment that you know yeah. isn't what I should be using. That, that's yeah, just that's ludicrous. Ludicrous. Money. Money. Yeah, well, that's the thing, and that's so much money in today's game of golf that it's pretty hard. Like back in the day when I was on the US tour, it was a hundred grand just to play with the driver. That's what I mean. You know what? Imagine what it's worth now. That was nineteen ninety three. Mm. That was a hundred thousand back then. Twenty years down the track, I, I that, remember that to play the driver would be at least half a million, six hundred thousand just for the driver. That's I've never heard that. That's incredible. Tell me, Norman, when when I, two things about. The Sharks equipment. When I was a kid, I walked up to Greg Norman's bag, don't know where, maybe the Aussie, and I could tell even for a kid that he had Jack Nicholas irons because they had the gold triangles on the face, but he had a Spalding stamp on it. And even I knew they're not, yeah. they're not Spaldings. Now, Gowie yeah, told sad. me last week, mule fields or whatever they were, Jack Nicholas yeah. Mulefields, or I know the answer. Yeah, that's right. The Adams. That's what. That's what I. <laughs> that's what I reckon happened. But but um, Gowie told me two weeks ago that at Concord he was sixteen. He's playing in the New South Wales Open, maybe I don't know Australian PGA. And Norman's playing, so it must be the mid eighties. And the shark, he goes over with his dad. And he watches the shark hit off that par three down the hill, which is the the old ninth. It's not there anymore, or it's changed. Yeah, it's not there anyway. So the uh, the shark hits uh, six, and he wouldn't know Greg Norman from a bar of soap. He was just stoked that he was three feet. You would have been playing the event three feet from the shark. You know, like, wow. Anyway, so they they go and hit a few balls, and he comes around to the ninth hole, and his dad's on the bag. No yardage book. No. No, nothing, right? Just, what do I hit, Dad? And his dad says, um, well, Greg hit six. So Gowie says, oh, it's got to be four for me. 
the shark hits it miles dead. So they hit four iron and Gowie goes bang into the trees over the back, 30 over the back. And he only found out years later that the shark had three six signs in his bag at the time. He had a six that was a seven, a six that was a six, and a six that was a five. Have you ever heard that? No. But there, was, but there were three six signs, but it was the only reason he did it is because he must have loved the shape of the six sign at the time with that set, whatever it was. Yeah, no. And he had – so Gowie's going to hit six. So in, all, in other words, he probably hit five, but because it had six stamped on the on the bottom, Gowie's looking at it in his bag going, he, hit, he definitely hit six, Dad. So Gowie hit four and made double. Now I'll tell you a story about Jack. It's a 1993. I think it was Turnbury. I'll turn up and I'm um, with my caddy, John. And we're either we're just going out through the front gate, up pulls a limo. Jack gets out. He's got the suit. He's got his jacket on like he normally does. He's always got his jacket on. He's got his leather bag over his right shoulder. Beautiful, Jack. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Good. What are you doing? I um, mean, doing Channel Nine this week. You know, just here for the coverage. It's been a long time since I've been back here to Turnbury, though. Looks pretty good. So. Uh, we have a bit of a chat out the front. So he goes, all right, well, have a good, have a good week, you know. Good to see you. You too, Jack. Oh, where, where would you be going, sir? He said, I'm going in here, mate. As Jack says, get out of my way, mate. I'm going in here. And the guy says, where's your credentials, sir? He said, I'm, I haven't got my credentials yet. I'm doing TV. I'm going in here. And this guy started hassling Jack. And Jack, Jack doesn't take no crap. <laughs> He's starting to lose it with his bloke. So I'm still standing there. And I go to listen, here's my credentials, right? You can see I'm a player, right? So take me for face value. This guy here is one of the best golfers in the world of golf. And he's going in there, right? So just step aside and let him in. And the guy turns to me and goes, this guy, one of the best golfers in the world? He's only got one arm. You expect me to believe that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, oh, you dickhead. Uh, you idiot. You, you idiot, mate. You just That's why you're just a security guard, mate. He hasn't even checked in yet, Jack. He hasn't checked in. Yeah, How's he yeah, going to yeah. get through the front gate uh, without his funny. credentials? Uh, it's 20 it's years ago, too. Funny. Credentials would be a little different now. But this guy turned and he goes, you expect me to believe that he's one of the best golfers in the world when he's only got one arm? <laughs> Not <laughs> now, you idiot. Before. <laughs> you're kidding. You idiot. So, anyway... Off Jack goes because the guy listened to me Good and man. all, all sucky dory. Um, but that that's a that's a funny story. And then about six years ago, five years ago, I did a I did a, uh, a story on Jack and um, the Oaks at um, Cessna. Yes, yeah, the course yeah. that he was involved in that yep. he redesigned. So I went out there and did a thing on him. And uh, anyway, he <laughs> we're playing along and the cameras behind him and. And then I said to him, I said, oh, hang on a sec, take, take, don't, don't do this. He's about 60 yards out. And I said, hang on a sec. So how are you going to play this, Jack? What are you going to do here? So, run me through mentally, you know, um, how do you play this shot? Well, beautiful. I'm going to just uh, – going to land – going to about 60 yards, yeah, sandwich. I'm going to land there on the top shelf. It's going to go skip, skip, down the shelf, and it's going to trickle down. It's probably going to be pretty close. Might go in. He chipped it in. You're kidding. With the camera rolling behind him. You're kidding. And I was just – Turn at the camera and I've got, you know. That'll do me. Do it. That'll do me, Jack. How That'll do it, are you? He shipped it in. Stop. Anyway. Stop right there. He, um... What about Mario Fennick? I don't know if you ever saw this. One of the funniest things I've ever seen on TV. Mario Fennick from the footy show goes up to 
um, do a story on Jack Newton up at his nice oh, called Augusta, right up there at um, his house. Yeah, up at his house, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, Mario g- goes and gets a cup of tea and gets himself one and gets Jack one, but it's on a saucer. So Mario's drinking his cup of tea the whole interview, and it's all you see Jack doing through the whole interview is carrying this full cup of tea because how's he going to drink it? How's he going to drink his cup of tea if he's got a saucer? He needs the cup. So instead of Jack putting it down, is all all Jack does is walks around. They look at the horses. They do this. They sit down. They talk about, oh, you just see Jack holding his cup of tea. Anyway, when it went back to the studio, Fatty gave it to him. Fatty goes, you idiot. You've gone and got him a cup of tea with a saucer. Where's the bloke going to drink it, mate? He's got one arm. Did you see him drinking his tea? He goes, no, I didn't actually. He goes, because he can't. You're supposed to give it to him in a cup. Talk to me about Augusta National. It's a place down in Georgia. You look at it from Google Earth, and it's average, the town. It's about 300,000, I think. But it's about 300,000. But it's brown, and there's this bright green, beautiful. (laughs) It's um, a wooded area, though. Whereas the forest, just in one particular part yeah. of yeah, that's of what I'm Augusta. saying. That's what I'm saying. And that's where they've cut this golf course out of. Yeah, because uh, Augusta Country Club behind it is, is similar, but it's just it's like um, it's like having the Aussie next to East Lakes, yeah. or the Lakes next to East Lake Golf Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but they grow. Um, I, I think the reason it was a forest, it was a forestry, a pine. It must have been. I think so. Yeah. That's what it was. It must have been. So old, it's a very wooded area right there. Old Bobby Jones turns up and says, you know what we'll do with this? We're going to cut this little piece of heaven around out of this forestry. You played in the Masters once, did Twice. you? Twice you played yeah. it. Yeah, a couple of times, yeah. 93 after I won Pebble in eight, uh, in uh, February. So I was playing really good. I'd come off winning the World Cup in December, beat Woosnam in a playoff in Spain. Come off winning the winning in Adelaide, South back to back South Australian Opens, and then won Pebble in February. I was playing really good. I was, I was that was some of the best golf I'd played. Um, in who did you play with the final round at, at the AT and T? Do you remember uh, Dr. Gil Morgan? Yeah, I remember him. Billy Ray, Billy Ray Brown, and my amateur partner, a guy called Peter Pocklington, who owned the Edmonton Oilers ice hockey team. Wow! And didn't he tell me some stories? Because he he had Wayne Gretzky playing for his team back in the day and then he, he traded he traded Gretzky for a couple of other players. So then his daughter got kidnapped in Edmonton. <laughs> they took pot shots at him. Who date um, DJ's wife? Gretzky's daughter. No, Peter Pocklington. Oh, he owned he, the team, oh, but he oh, sold his Gretzky daughter, off his daughter. Right, 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 right. To Los Angeles or Rangers or some or somewhere. Anyway, some people in Edmonton obviously didn't like that, so they kidnapped his daughter for ransom right. money and they, they shot at him. And oh, he's telling me some really cool stories. That'll do. Anyway, it. He sends me out an, uh, an ice hockey jersey, Ogle One, on the back, Edmonton Oilers ice hockey jersey, big bunch of flowers, and uh, some other gifts he sent when after I won the tournament. But this guy, Peter, plays off 36, 32, 34. He was, a, he was a chopper, but a really nice guy. So it's me, Billy Ray Brown, Dr. Gil Morgan in the final group, and Peter Pocklington. <laughs> because their amateur partners didn't make it through to the final round. Oh, you're two pros I'm playing with. Well, he gets on the first green. <laughs> written all over Gil Morgan's line. Oh, no. <laughs> and Gil Morgan's going, hey, mate, hey, hey, wait, what's... So I went up to Pete and I said, listen, 
today, right, I'll get your ball for you. If you're in the hole, I'll you putt it and I'll tell you what where to go and what to do. I'm your man. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, your yeah, man. No idea. And he really appreciated that. I, you know me. I mean, I'm I'm there to help. He was so nervous. <laughs> Poor bloke. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, so anyway, it was a really crappy day too. It was rainy on and off, and <clears throat> straight on the flight back to the Australian Masters the, the next week too. After that, um, that win, but. The week before, but that was only your fourth. Phoenix. What people forget about that—that that was your fourth, because because you won, you tied first Q School in the US, right? Yeah, yeah. So you won Q School. That was only your fourth event on the US tour, and you won. Well, they wrote that, but it's it wasn't my fourth because I'd played. Tom Ramsey got me into the international in Colorado in 1986. He got me into the tournament in 1987, 88, right. 89, right. 90, 91, uh, for like four or five years in a row. Tom Ramsey um, always had the pick of some Aussie guys to go into this tournament, which was a PJ Tour event back back in those days. It was that Stableford, modified Stableford scoring system yeah. that uh, Appleby won one year. Um, so it wasn't really my fourth. It was, it was probably about my eighth. I would have said, but they wrote fourth. But they, they I know what you know mean. That I'd played one yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. one tournament every year, that other tournament. Yeah. So anyway, but the week before, I was shattered because I was like six under with uh, nine to play at Phoenix, and I finished bogey, par bogey, double bogey, and missed the cut by shot. The cut was like two under, and I finished one under or something, and missed the cut. So I went to Pebble early, and in in hindsight, it was probably the best thing I did because Pebble's three courses. See, so the first time I'd ever seen um, Beach and um, Spyglass Hill and also Poppy Hills. They were the three, they were the rotation of the three tracks. They play, play Pebble twice, one round early on and the final rounds at Pebble. So anyway, I got to play the other, got practice rounds early on and I got a couple of rounds around Pebble. You've got to know where you're going at Pebble. It's a bit hilly and um, the greens are tricky. They're polar in a grass and you've just got to know what they're doing. And I picked it up pretty quick. I always picked up green reading pretty quick. But anyway, um, the week before, I was just absolutely shattered. And I stayed that week with Jeff Woodland. Remember Zuma? Did mm. you ever meet Zuma? Mm. Good player. He was on the PGA Tour with me. We used to travel a bit. I didn't know he was on the US Tour, but yeah, I know Zuma. Yeah, yeah. he was, yeah. We we were staying at the Super 8. It was about $12 a night <laughs> down the road from Monterey. You're kidding. <laughs> and, uh, this is the week you won. Together. The week you won. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this crappy. You old, went all out. It's like staying. It's like staying in a country comfort. It's not even as good as a country. Yeah. Something. Yeah. It's not even as good as staying in a country, a country hotel in, in uh, Gunnedah or Moree. <laughs> I mean, they're fantastic. This this place is just a dump. Just a dive. Uh, it was Twelve bucks or fourteen bucks a night. Just an absolute dump. Anyway, me and Woody, me and Zoom are sharing a room, and I won that week. Um. Played played really good. Um, I even had a five putt. I had a five putt at Sloppy Poppy, Poppy Hills, and about the 13th hole, I five putted one of the greens. Wet. Couldn't get in the hole. Was, That's the your trophy in the background. Trophy. Is that the trophy in the background? Yeah, this one here. Yeah. That one there. And that's Hawaiian Open. Average trophy. Weighs about 10 tonne, that pineapple. Really? That's a um, plated, just a fake plated big pineapple. 
I've got my um, shirt or something I won at the uh, Anthill Park trainee match somewhere. If you want to see it, Anthill Park. I played Anthill Park. I'm a big fan of country golf. Massive fan. Gusta. Tell me about it. Up in 1993, so I just win Pebble. I'm in form. Really good form. As I said, I won the World Cup in December. Beat Wisdom in a playoff. Coming off the back of back to back South Australian Opens. So I'm thinking, ah, playing good, striping it. So I start the tournament. I go par, par. That's okay. A couple of solid pars. Third hole, lay up short of the left-hand trap. These days the guys are just bombing driver up near the green. Well, I wasn't game enough to do that. Lay up at the three-iron short of the left trap. Nine-iron. In a hole. Two. <laughs> Two under. How good's that? Two under after three. So I go par, par. Leading. You'd be leading. I hit it to a, well, hang on, not yet, but I hit it to a foot on six. Par three, ran off the ridge and run right round to the front left pin place, down to a foot, tap that in. <laughs> 38, I'm four under through eight, top of the leaderboard. And let me tell you, if you had mobile phones back in that day, I would have taken a shot. I would have taken a picture. I'm going to send you a picture of my four scorecards, actually, when we get off the phone. I've yeah. got it in my phone here. Yeah. Um, so I'm four under after eight, par nine. Oh, mate, I'm rocking. Top of the leaderboard, over. <laughs> this is pretty cool. This is good. Anyway, a couple of bogeys on the back nine. I shot 70. Come the final round, I'm not that far behind. I'm about five or six going into the final final round, something like that. 93. Anyway, Who wins the 93 Masters? Well, I think it was Elizabeth, wasn't it? Oh, I thought, By memory. I thought you were going to say was it? Woozy. Anyway, yeah. No, nah, he won 90. Couples won 91, Woozy won 92, or Couples won 92 and Woozy won 91. I think it was either, Something it was either like, yeah. Bell or – anyway, final round, I'm playing with Sandy Lyle, me and Sandy Lyle. And um, I'm, I'm just thinking, well, getting in the back nine, I'm thinking, oh, about 100 or something, or level par. I'm thinking, Jack shot 30 on the back nine, let's shoot 30 and rip right in and have a crack. So anyway, a four-putt 10. I fly it over the green with a six iron on 11 of the back piss and make double. So I've just gone double, double. Um, playing with Sandy on 12. I've hit it in. Sandy's gone first. He's standing there looking at it. He's flown He's flown it over the back into the into the bushes, <laughs> over the back of the green on the hill, into the into the um, pine needles. Yeah, yeah. Pine needles. dead, dead. <laughs> yeah, I've gone in the, in the piss in the front. Oh. Wow. I've taken six. He's taken seven. We were there for two days. We took 13 <laughs> between the two and some 12. Uh, 13 to par five. And I'm thinking, oh, mate, all right, I'll get a birdie back here in Eagle. It's all right. So through the fairway, there's four big pines, four whopping big pines, one, two, three, four, sta- staring at you. And you aim it kind of as the second or the third one, little draw or hit it straight at it. You can still get to the green. It's only 210 from the corner there. Anyway, I've striped this driver. And I flushed it, but I flushed it dead straight. Didn't move at all. It's hit this pine tree, two thirds of the way up. <laughs> through the forest, this noise goes back down the fairway, and I lost it. Out from the side of the the uh, the fairway comes the marshal with a yellow flag. What the hell's that mean? I get up there, it's run all the way back down the fairway into the Braze Creek. <laughs> it took six, oh. so I've gone six, 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 six. You're kidding. <laughs> I think it was something like that, something something ridiculous it was. Um, I need to look at the card again. But anyway, I started the back nine horrendously. So you didn't have 41. I'm guessing you didn't have 30 on the back nine, the way this is going. Yeah. 
41 or 42 or something. When did you make your second eagle? You're the only pro to ever have um, no, no. two I'm eagles. The only pro. Huh? No, there's three, there's three of us. I was, the, I was the first one to have two eagles at Augusta oh. on, uh, on oh. the one tournament on, on a par four. Oh. Since then, there was a guy called uh, Jack Nicholas oh. that did it in um, – if you look it up in Augusta – History, it's oh, course, there now. Yeah. So he did it about two, uh, 2000 maybe. Right. 1999. But and another guy called Brant Job. Never heard of him. Who, who who did it. Yeah, he played the Japanese, American guy, played the Japanese tour. Who are the nicest blokes in Australian professional golf? The nicest blokes? Who are the, who, who do you go, he's a great guy. He's a great All guy. Oh, really? All the guys I hung out with. Uh, Finchy, Grades, Newts, Shears, Stanley. Have I missed anybody? Brett, some amazing stories. The listeners are going to love the opportunity to get inside the ropes to hear uh, a kid that grows up in in born in in Sydney, adopted, um, never got to meet his birth parents, uh, moved to Goulburn, Tully Park, uh, hockey gets himself. Um, into trouble before he's 18, not even playing golf at the time, in the panel van um, at Campbelltown Courthouse, right through to winning on the US tour. Um, you've been an inspiration to it. Uh, the amount of pros and trainees and kids, you would not know the impact you've had on, on Australian golf. You probably will never know. But um, thanks for the chat. Um, I really look forward to cutting this up and um, getting it out there for everyone. You've been listening to another episode of Yardage Book Yarns. Don't forget to share it with your friends, and we'll see you next time.